return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Great. So if you want, uh, if you have a child in that age group, they can go back there. The rest of us, you can stand up with me. Amen. I know Ryan always looks forward to this part. Raise your Bible high and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about uh, dealing with temptation. And uh, it's something that you know, just even a couple weeks ago, I was just walking through the house and the Lord gave me this, these scriptures and some revelation, um, you know, about it and, and just kind of a passion to speak on it. And so I stood in the middle of my, of my room and I had my phone and my notes and I just started te- typing all the notes and all the things that the Lord was giving me about it. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and, and some of this you might think, yeah, we know, but I think it's a good, uh, a good thing to continually uh, learn, yep. continually receive uh, revelation from the Lord on, on topics. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, I'm, you, know, you know, pastors preach thousands of messages. There's not going to be a different, like, different topic every thousand, you know, all thousand messages, anything like that. Um, but uh, I don't know if I've ever done this before. So, um, but I want to let you know that you're not alone. If you deal with temptation, you're not alone. Amen. Everybody deals with temptation. Uh, It's one of the devil's tactics to try to get us separated from God, get us uh, away from his word, get us away from uh, honoring him and serving him. But everybody has to put up with temptation. Now, when God created the earth, when God created Adam and Eve, it was perfect. The earth was sinless, right? There was no sin. There was no temptation on the earth. Adam and Eve had free choice, free will, but there was no temptation. And then, really, God just simply gave man a choice, right? Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may, not, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So, there's no temptation. There was just a command. There was a, he gave Adam a choice. He said, there's this tree, and I don't want you to eat that, the fruit of that tree. And what happened? It was 
Adam was like, okay, that's fine, great, right? So when did temptation really come? Well, temptation came when the serpent came, right? Temptation came when Satan came. Amen. When there was a, when there was a, another, uh, some, something else to follow other than the voice of the Lord. Temptation came when there was another voice. Amen. And so, in our life, all the time, we're listening to different voices. We have voices from our family and our friends, and we have voices from the Lord, a voice from the Lord. We have voices that, um, from the devil, right? Or from, from, um, the demon from the spiritual world. That tell us that we have our own voices inside of our heads, right? And so, it's so important that we recognize, and I've talked about discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit before, but it's important that we, have, we can discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and God gave this choice to man, and, uh, and really the first time temptation came when Satan came is when the desires of man trumped the desires of God. Right? Satan came in and deceived Eve, and said, no, you don't, you really want this. And Eve said, yeah, maybe I do want to know. I want, I want to be wise. You know, this is what I want, right? So when we get tempted and we fall into temptation, we're putting our desires ahead of God's desires, right? Amen. So wherever Satan is, temptation is there. Genesis 3.1 says, that the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you know, again, Satan is going, to, is going to test your knowledge of the word. Satan is going to test your knowledge of what, did God actually say that? Did God actually say that you're a righteousness of God in Christ? Did God actually say that he will supply your needs? Right? So he's going to start by saying, did God really say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the certain serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now you see, what did, what did God actually say to Adam? He said, If you eat of it, he didn't say anything about touching it. He didn't say anything about that. So we know right away that Eve did not know the word of God. She didn't know what God had said. Amen. And the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So before Satan came on the scene, there was no temptation to disobey God. Right? Is that how it's going to be when we go to heaven... Amen. When we live eternally with him, we're going to have free choice and free will. But the, the, the desire is going to line up with the desires of God. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any temptation. Because we've been, we are, we've been redeemed. Amen. The Bible even says our bodies are, are redeemed. Amen. And so it's going to be incredible. But on this earth, we have temptations. And why? Because Satan is the God of this earth. Amen. There's sin in the earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, the fall of man, the sin entered the earth. Right? The curse of sin. The only reason Satan tempts us is to disobey God's commandments and fall into sin. Once Satan started talking, Eve put her own desires to be wise, 
above the commandment of God. And we get the fall of mankind. So we want to understand, just as in this case, so God said, he gave him a choice, he said, do not eat of this tree. But God did not tempt Eve. So we need to understand that God does not tempt us. Amen. God does not tempt us. We can't say that every time we mess up that we fail to test from God. He doesn't test us like that. Amen. The Bible says he's pruned us through his word. We can't say when we fall into sin that, well, it must just be God's will that I'm in this difficult situation. No, we're, a lot of times we're in a difficult situation you know, in, when it comes to temptation because of us giving in to temptation. Right? We put ourselves there by falling into temptation. And so we don't want to say that, well, um, I'm going through this and this is just God's will for my life. No, it's not, that's not right. It's not true. It's not the truth of the gospel, amen? James 1, 13 through 15 says, Let no one say when he's tempted that I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt Anyone. Amen. 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 So, you see a jelly donut. You know you shouldn't eat it. That's not God tempting you to eat it though, right? He didn't put it there to be, to, he could be tempted. But seriously, God does not tempt us. He does not dangle something out in front of us wondering whether or not we're going to take the bait or, or not. Right? No, we serve a God who gives us good things. Amen. There's, the Bible says there's no variation or shadow in turning, or shadow of turning with him. Right? There's no shadow. There's nothing that uh, he's going to give us that's going to have a double meaning, or to make us fall into a trap. <clears throat> so, let no one say, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Again, putting our desires above God's desires. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. Instead, we need to understand that temptation didn't come until Satan showed up in the garden. And Eve didn't fall for it until she put her desires above God's. Amen. That's why as we pray and as we read, you know, the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. As we hum- when we humble ourselves before God, um, then those things that the devil wants to tempt us with uh, don't have the effect that they would have when we're prideful and we want to put our goals and our needs above what God wants for us. And honestly, the, the things that we have planned for our life don't even compare to what God has planned for our life. Right? right? There's nothing that we can conceive in our mind that could be good enough for even for what God has planned for you. What he has in store for you. Amen. It says in verse 14 that we're tempted when we're drawn away from our own desires, by our own, own desires. And see, the desires of the flesh is sin. The flesh wants to sin, wants to indulge, right? But the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is pulling us towards righteousness, towards holiness. Amen. He wants, to live, he wants you to live a holy life. The Holy Spirit is con, con, uh, continually uh, with us and in us, um, showing out the righteousness that's inside of us. 
And it's a choice. We have this, we have this choice on earth. Are we going to walk in the Spirit? Are we going to walk in the flesh? Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So we do have a choice. Amen. Right? If we're saved, God has redeemed us. Hallelujah. Amen. He's healed us. He's set us free. He's delivered us from sin. But we still have a choice. Right? Amen. We still have a choice. Are we going to indulge in the things of the world? Are we going to indulge in the things of the Spirit? Are we going to go towards and live in and walk according to the Spirit? Or are we going to live in and go towards and walk in the things according to the flesh? So we have this choice whether or not do I want to walk in the flesh or the Spirit? And we walk in the Spirit by having a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Again, Christianity, religion versus relationship. Christianity is having a relationship with the Lord. Right? And so when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're truly walking in the Spirit, we have this relationship with Jesus. Amen? Now, just because you give in to a temptation doesn't mean that you're not walking with the Lord. Right? It's not like if I give in to a temptation and I sin, um, that for a little bit I don't, I'm not a Christian anymore. No, that's not true at all. Right? Our lifestyle, overall, our lifestyle should honor the Lord, should honor what He's taught us and what He's told us, should honor um, the morality that He sets forth, should honor this relationship that we have with Him. Yes. Amen. And that was only possible through a Savior, Jesus Christ. Yep. Right? So we, we do. We thank the Lord for salvation. We thank Him for being there for us, for taking on the sin of the world, so, and, and taking all the humiliation and, and different things that we don't have to take. Right? Yes. So we walk in the Spirit by having a relationship with Him, allowing Him to help in our weaknesses. Reading the word and being doers of the word. Amen. Walking in the spirit. Sometimes it might feel like a certain temptation is just too much. It's like, ah, I just can't overcome this. Well, we are more than conquerors. Amen. The Bible says we don't have to overcome it because he's already overcome the world. We just need to put our trust and rely on Jesus. Hmm. If it ever feels like a certain temptation is too much for you, just know that's a lie from the devil. Right? That's a lie from the devil. If you weren't able to overcome it, the Bible wouldn't talk so much about it. Right? Jesus said that he overcame the world. He overcame sin. He overcame temptation. He overcame, he gave us the victory over those things. Yeah, Jesus had to overcome temptation. Not just on the cross, but in his life. Right? So it's possible to resist it. It's possible to resist temptation. Maybe that's something you've struggled with for years. It's possible, possible to resist that and overcome that. And the reason is because of Jesus. And Jesus was tempted, again, just like we are. Romans 8, 3 through 4. Let's go to that real quick. The Bible says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according, according to the Spirit. So Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was fully God. He was fully man. Right? 
he had to deal with temptation. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became flesh, amen, and dwelt among us. Jesus uh, came out of the womb of a human being, right? And so, we, we can think, well, Jesus didn't have to deal with any of this. He didn't have to deal with any temptations or anything like that, but that's not true. What the law, what, you know, um, what could the law not do? It couldn't defeat sin, right? So it says that, that the law could not do it because it was weak in the flesh, but Jesus, because he wasn't, um, because he was fully God and he was fully man, he could do what the law couldn't do. There was no way to be fully cleansed of sin until Jesus came and died sinless for us. But we don't want to get it confused that Jesus couldn't have given in to sin. Again, he was human, right? Human. He was God. Coming in the likeness of sinful flesh. Hebrews 4.15. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, we do have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands what you're going through. So when we pray to God and we ask Him to help us, He knows by experience that this can be overcome in your life. He knows by experience that you don't have to give in to that temptation. Isn't that amazing? Jesus comes to earth and he has all these temptations that we do as well and he doesn't sin. He doesn't give in to these temptations. He's been where you are. He's been where you are and he didn't sin. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. means we can imitate Christ. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He's been where you are. And that's why we have hope for ourselves, right? Jesus did it. And he lives on the inside of you, right? Jesus lives on the inside of you, helping you, praying for you. Hallelujah. The Bible says we can obtain help from our high priest who understands exactly what we're going through. Hallelujah. He wouldn't say it if we couldn't do it. Paul wouldn't say, imitate me as I imitate Christ if we, if we couldn't do that. Right. Now, we're not, we're not perfect, right? And we don't want to lie to ourselves and say that we're going to be perfect. Right. We're going to be perfect when we get to heaven, right? But we can still imitate God. We can still imitate Christ yes. in our life. Yeah. Romans 8.34 in the NLV says, Who then can say we are guilty? It was Christ Jesus who died. Yeah. He raised from the dead. He is on the right side. Right, Side of God praying to him for us. So not only does he understand what you're going through, not only does he understand and can sympathize with our weaknesses, but he's also praying for you. He's also sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for us to him. So not only can we come to him in our time of need, but he's going to pray for us consistently and constantly. Remember, he prayed for Peter that his faith wouldn't fail. 
He didn't pray that the temptation wouldn't come. Because temptations are going to come. Right? He's praying for us and standing with us for everything in our life. And we still deal with temptations. Again, everybody deals with temptations. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. So, what you've gone through has already been gone through in the past. Right? No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Temptations are common. Right? We live in a fallen world. But it says God is faithful. And he's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And people constantly misquote this verse to say that God won't give you more than you can handle. Right? That's a mis- that's not that's not a scripture in the Bible. I looked it up. A scripture in the Bible. No, what does it say? God won't um, allow you to be tempted by the devil beyond what you're able to handle. And this, when people quote, when people say God won't give you more than they can, than you can handle, this is the verse that they're talking about, trying to talk about. Yeah. Satan is the tempter. And God's already stepped in to give you the grace to resist it. Amen. So, anything that we are... I mean, we can say, I just can't break this habit, or I just can't... I always give in to this temptation, but based on this verse, there's no temptation that you are going to face that you cannot overcome. Amen. Amen. And he's made... He's given you a way of escape. Pastor Dave's always talked about when he got saved... And, uh, and his, his old friends would want to go out and, and drink and party and do things. And he said that every time that there was a way of escape for him to go play basketball, to do something else that didn't include drinking and partying and different things like that. Amen. We, never, we should never be able to say, I just didn't have a choice. No, we always have a choice. We always have a choice. Amen. Luke 4.13, even Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? Now when the devil had ended every temptation with Jesus, he departed from him until an opportune time. So Jesus dealt with temptation. He didn't just deal with it the 40 days in the wilderness either. He dealt with it his whole life, temptation, right? Resisted temptation his whole life. I mean, you can think about just when he was a kid and his friends, you know, wanted to go and do something that wasn't probably right. Had to resist, he had to resist that temptation. Amen. Jesus, was, Jesus lived on the earth. <laughs> Jesus was, for 33 years, he lived on the earth. Right? He talked with people and worked with people that were living in sin. He, um, the Bible says he hung around with those that, were notorious sinners. Amen. Those who were drinking heavily while he was with them. Probably, right? Because it says that he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, when you're a friend of somebody, you're going to spend time with them, right? I'm going to spend... If I consider somebody a friend, you know, a close friend or or a friend in my town, I'm probably going to spend a little time with them, Right? 
When you overcome temptation, so the second part of this verse, it says, he departed from him until an opportune time. So when you overcome temptation, the devil won't just not tempt you anymore. Not like, oh, well, Randon overcame that. He didn't give in to that, so I'm just going to leave him alone. Again, it's something that we all have to live with every day. We all have to live with it every day. We all have to resist it every day. And it sounds like, well, man, that seems like a lot of work. But it's really not. We're going to look at some things here. It could be when you're at your highest moment or when you're at your lowest moment. I think that when when it says an opportune time, uh, the devil is looking for uh, when is going to be the best time to tempt. And I know the devil is one, you know, is one being different places. So when I say the devil, you know, I, I think of demons, you know, just his cohort of evil, right? But he's going to, to attack, right, at your lowest moment or at your highest moment, right? When you think that everything's going really well, he's going to attack. When, you, when you're really low and down, he's going to attack. I have to believe that Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was attacked with temptation to just, what did, he, what did Jesus say? Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Right? But then he said, but not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. So Satan was tempting Jesus even in the garden at one of his, his agonizing moments. Right? And that's what he's going to do. First Peter 5.8 says that we want to be sober, we want to be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, it doesn't say that the devil walks around devouring people. No, he's seeking. Are you going to be somebody he can devour with this temptation? Are you going to be someone that he can devour with this lie? Right? So we want to be sober. We want to be alert. We want to be aware. We have an adversary. Again, the devil. God is for you. The devil's against you, right? So, how do we resist the urge to give in to temptation? We've talked about some of it. I just have five things here I want to want to talk about. But the first thing is we want to be in the Word, right? When Jesus was tempted, what did Jesus use um, against the devil? He used the Word of God. He used uh, what the Bible said, what the Old Testament said, Right? Said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every mouth that proceeds out of the, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? So we want to be in the Word. We can do the same thing, but again, we have to know the Word. Just like Eve didn't know the Word and wasn't able to, uh, to get her thoughts said, right? Didn't know the Word. When we know the Word, we can say, no, that's that's a lie. I'm not going to fall into that because this is what the Bible says. This is what what God says about me. Amen? The second thing that we can use, that we should use, is prayer. Luke 22, 40. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Right? So stay prayered up. Stay full. Full of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? The closer you are to God, the farther you are from sin. Right? Yep. See, God can't, be, God can't be near sin. Okay? 
And so when Jesus died on the cross, and he took all that sin, okay, and he went down and he defeated death, hell, and the grave, when he came up, there was no sin on him. All that sin was defeated and, and left down there, right? And so the only reason, the reason God can be close to us and we can be close to him is because he doesn't see the sin in our life. He doesn't see that we were once sinners. He sees that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees us as bought with a price. He sees us as washed white as snow. Hallelujah. And so we can be near him. We can be near him. So prayer. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. The third thing is keep your eyes on the Lord and your faith in the Lord. So keep your eyes on Jesus and keep your faith in Jesus. Amen? If we go 1 Peter 5, 9, the Bible says, Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, I don't want to get persecution and sufferings and temptation mixed up, right? Because they're different. They're different things. Um, but when we resist him, we stand in faith in Jesus that what he has for us is good and that his word is true, amen, you're going to be able to resist the devil, right? The Bible says, uh, resist the devil and he's going to flee from you, amen. So, not talking just about temptation, but also persecution. In either case, we want to keep our faith in Jesus. Amen. The one who understands what we're going through and help us can help us navigate it. Yes. Amen. The fourth thing that I have is that we don't want to just walk away from temptation, but we want to run. Run away from temptation. Amen. Amen. Run to the Word of God. Run to prayer. Amen. Run to the way of escape. When Potiphar's wife wanted to be with Joseph, Joseph ran out of the house. He fled, right? That's what we want to do. We want to flee. We want to... Not that we're fleeing from the devil. We're fleeing from temptation. Metaphorically, right? We're, we're saying, nope, I'm not even going to entertain the idea. I'm going to stay. I'm going to, I want to keep my relationship with the Lord strong. Psalm 1.1 says... Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It's a regression, right? So you're walking past temptation, and then you start standing by temptation, and then you can start sitting in temptation, right? So as we... As we just say, no, I'm not even going to entertain it, yeah. right? What are we doing? We're not walking past it. We're not standing by it. We're not sitting in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. We want to get away from it as fast as possible. Whatever it is. I'm not, getting, I'm not giving specific examples. We all go through different things. We all have different things in our life that we want to yeah. be better at. We all have different things in our life that the devil knows I can tempt with this. And he's more susceptible or whatever. Yeah. And then the fifth thing <clears throat> is we need to realize that we can't temp- resist temptation by our own willpower. Right? So I can't just have my own willpower and resist temptation from the devil. Why? Why? Because willpower 
comes from my flesh. Right? If I'm using my willpower, if I'm using my strength, well, I'm using my flesh. I'm using my flesh to defeat my flesh. Right? Willpower, according to the dictionary, is a control exerted to do something or restrain impulses. But it's our control. It's our effort. Right? We want to lean on and rely on Jesus. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. There's a couple, couple more scriptures here. <clears throat> the Bible says, Unless I should be exalted above measure. So, again, Paul, so Paul is talking here. And uh, it's another misunderstood verse. But it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Now, again, Jesus, God does not tempt anyone. And he is not tempted. All right? So, lest I be exalted above measure. Okay? Um, this was, whatever was going on, it was, it was um, oppressive. There was probably temptation involved with it to be prideful or whatever it was. Right? And it says, A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might... Depart from me. And, and a lot of times you hear it where the Lord just said, I'm not going to do anything about it. You're on your own. But no, what does verse 9 say? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And the Lord showed me something on this a few years ago. That it's not that um, he wants us to be, he just, he just wants us to be weak. No, the Bible, it says that for this thing you're going through. For this thorn in your side, for this buffeter from Satan, my grace is sufficient for you to handle it. Now, what does that mean? His grace is sufficient. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, that was an act of grace towards us, right? So this grace that he's given us, this grace that he's given us, amen, the Bible says we're justified by this grace. But this grace that he's given us is sufficient for us, amen, has sufficient for us to combat the temptation, to combat the sin, to combat whatever thorn is in your flesh, right? So for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When I realize that I can't do this on my own, that my willpower, I can't do this with my own willpower, that's when he's the strongest in our life. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What is he saying? He's saying, man, if the power of Christ is going to rest upon me when I realize I can't do this by by myself, let it it happen, right? I'll boast that I can't do it on my own. I'll boast that by myself I'm weak, right? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Jesus did everything he was going to do on the cross. Everything was fulfilled on the cross. Amen? Amen. Nothing left to be fulfilled. Well, eternity, right? Those prophecies and everything. But in your own life, what you go through day by day, there's nothing left to be fulfilled in your life. The Bible says he's blessed with every earthly blessing, and the Bible says he's blessed with every spiritual blessing. Blessed. Past tense. He's already done it. Amen? Amen. But when he left his Holy Spirit with us, he gave us the authority through the Holy Spirit to resist the devil. That's his grace. He gave us the grace to resist the devil. His Holy Spirit. 
When the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you, it's not telling us to use our own strength, but recognize that the grace of God gave us, uh, the grace that God gave us is sufficient to help us in our times of need. To help us in our times of struggle. That Jesus has already given us the power and the authority, the Bible says, to trample on serpents, right? The culprit. The culprit of everything, all the sin that came into the world. He gave us the authority to trample on serpents. Amen. Spiritually, we have the authority to keep the devil under our feet. To not let him rule in our life. Right? To not let him have any say in the decisions that we make. The Bible says that we put on his armor and not our own. Right? Again, if I try to just resist the temptation by willpower or with willpower, I'm not I'm gonna fail. Right? I'm not it's not gonna happen. Let's go to Ephesians six ten. We're gonna close with this. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, de- the devil. Amen. So why do we need his armor? So we can stand against the wiles of the devil. His armor, custom made to you. Tailor made. It's a custom fit. It doesn't ride up in the up here or anything like that. It's comfortable. Amen. Allows us to swing our sword, the word of God. It allows us to put up our shield of faith. So that we might be able to stand against the darts, the wiles of the devil. Or the temptations of the devil. Or the persecution of the devil. Amen. He's given you the tools and the grace to handle Satan. Satan, don't be afraid of Satan. He's given you the tools. One of my favorite stories of how much authority we have over Satan is, some of you may maybe heard of Smith Wigglesworth. Maybe a lot of you have, I don't know. But he was, uh, I don't even know what years he was was alive and preaching. Um, But yesteryear, okay. And uh, he told a story that... uh, he had been having some terribly frightening dreams, and one night he was asleep, and at some point he said he woke up and aware of, aware of a demonic presence in his room. And, uh, and he looked around the room, and there he said near the foot of the bed was Satan himself, yeah. sitting there laughing, just laughing at him. And with a sigh, Smith Wigglewood, somebody said, oh, it's just you. Rolled over and went back to sleep. Amen? Amen. He told another story, too. He was waiting at a bus stop. And uh, this lady was waiting with him, and her dog kept running, trying to go with her. And at first she was like, shoo, you know, go go back to the house, you know, different things. And finally the bus starts to pull up, and she says, get! And the dog ran away, whimpered away. And he said, without even thinking, he said, that's how we have to be with the devil. Tell him to get. Amen. Again. We don't want to flirt with sin. We don't want to flirt with the temptation that tries to come against us. No, get away from me, Satan. No, get away. You have no authority. You have no power in my life. When we have God's armor on, we don't have to be afraid when temptation comes. Amen. We don't have to be trembling. We don't have to. The Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity, but of power, 
He's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to give in to temptation. Amen. We can, the Bible said we come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? Be bold. Be bold in your, in your walk with the Lord. Be bold that whatever temptation comes, that you are well able to overcome it. That he's given you the tools. Amen. There's no temptation that's going to, that you're going to face that's too much for you to handle because of Jesus. Amen? We can have full confidence that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient for us to overcome. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for all that you're doing in our life. We thank you that you've given us every tool that we could use in our life to overcome the world, to overcome temptation in our life, whatever comes our way, Lord, that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to think that we're ill-equipped. We don't have to think that we are, um, that we are, we don't have to be insecure about who we are. We're not inferior to the devil. We're not inferior to the temptation that comes. But you've made us above. You've made us the head and not the tail. The Bible says you've made us above only and not beneath. And so we thank you for that. Just lift your hands. Just say, just start thanking him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've equipped us. You've armed us. You've given us your armor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the power and authority given by Jesus. You have the authority to tell Satan to get. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us to remember that every time something comes up, that we have the mind of Christ, that we have the armor of God, that we don't have to give in to the things the devil wants us to give in to. Oh, Lord, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you so much, too, that the devil already knows he's defeated. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just give you praise and honor today. We thank you that even as we go through our day, that we can have peace in our mind. We can have peace in our heart. That you are working. That you are helping us in our times of need. That we can come to you because you can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. You can sympathize with us when we go through temptations. Hallelujah. 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 We just thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love, Lord. And we give you praise. We thank you for a great rest of the day today, a great week that you're moving, you're working, Lord. I thank you just for anybody that has any sicknesses in them right now, Father, dealing with any sicknesses, Lord. We thank you for a complete recovery, for healings, miracle healings, Lord. We thank you for testimonies. The Bible says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we thank you for the testimony that you've given each one of us. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, that we've overcome, that we are more than conquerors, that you've overcome the world. And by that, we have too. And so we give you praise and glory this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. 
For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.